from game-winning shots. Walk-off home runs. This ball is crushed. To last-second field goals. Sports Corner. Hello, hello. This is the Guarantee Sports Corner. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever you may be listening from, all the way from St. George, Utah. Hope everyone is staying cool through this hot, hot summer. It's over a hundred today, and until next week Thursday, it's going to be over a hundred degrees every day. Now I come from a place where it barely reaches ninety degrees, so uh, I'm not liking this at all. But you know, once you go inside of a pool, it doesn't even feel like a hundred anymore. But until next Thursday, for the next nine days, it's going to be over a hundred degrees every single day. I'm not really looking forward to it, but you know. I gotta deal with it. So, uh, I won't get too deep into details, but I just wanted to say first and foremost over the weekend, uh, Max Holloway got robbed over his championship fight. He got robbed. Now, I'm not a huge fan of UFC. I don't watch a ton of it. Uh, You know, it's not my go-to sport. But anytime a guy from Hawaii, you know, he fights on pay-per-view, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for everyone out there. It's a big deal for him to get his name on the map. I mean, he's already a championship, or he's already a champion. Um, So I'm going to tune into it just because, you know, Max Holloway, he's a big deal in Hawaii. So I watched the fight after it was over, you know, some highlights of it. And that that judging was terrible. I'm just going to get that out of the way. The judging was terrible. I probably would have had it Max Holloway winning three rounds to two. Um... But, I mean, obviously, the judges had different ideas. And I even watched the interviews afterwards. We're going to see a third fight between these guys. Uh, We we will. Just because everyone probably knows that Max Holloway should have won that last fight. Um, But if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It it was a great fight. Uh, It was a little different not seeing any, you know, not seeing a crowd there. Uh, it just takes away that element, and I'm sure we're going to start noticing that when the other sports start coming back. I mean, MLS is already back in action, and it's not the worst thing in the world to not see any fans at a game, but it definitely does take something away from it. Um, I'd be interesting to it'd be interesting to see how baseball works, which is also 11 days away. Uh, so it's going to be strange to see uh, sporting events without a crowd there especially when the NBA playoffs start back uh, after their little eight-game season that they're doing. It's going to be weird not seeing any fans there. Uh, it's going to have to get – we're going to have to get used to it. Um, but, yeah, that fight should have been Max Holloway. I think everyone knows it. Even UFC president Dana White knows it. He, he was interviewed after the fight, and he, he even said that, you know, the judging was terrible, you know, the if it, the – the scoring was terrible, and he even asked a room full of reporters. He said, "How many of you actually think that the other guy won?" And no one said anything. It was silent after that. So everyone in the room knew 
Max Holiday should have won that fight. He didn't. Um, I hope that there is a third fight between these two guys because I, I feel Holloway deserves another shot. Uh, but the judging was awful. It was terrible. I just want to get that out of the way because I know a lot of people were talking about that from over the weekend. Uh, so there you go. There's my two cents about it. Anyways, Madden came out with their quarterback ratings for Madden 21. And I'll tell you what, I'm kind of upset with them. Pretty upset with them. I'm not entirely sure how EA comes up with these ratings, you know, what they base it off of, whether it's stats, whether it's wins. It might be a mix of both, but either way, I don't agree with them at all. So to lead off the list, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm not surprised. I don't think you should be surprised. I don't think anybody who plays the game should be surprised. At a 99 overall, I agree with this. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's got an MVP, he's got a Super Bowl MVP, he's got a championship, he threw for 50 touchdowns one year. I mean, they got that one right. So I don't have any issue with Mahomes being a 99 at all whatsoever. Uh, they got Russell Wilson, he's second. He, they got him at a 97 overall. I'd say he's the second best quarterback in the league, makes all the right decisions. He wins a lot of games, he wins on the road. That's the most important thing, he wins on the road. and. I think that's what separates you from being a good quarterback to a great quarterback is that you can win on the road. And Russell Wilson does that very, very well. Uh, he makes a lot of right decisions. He's poised, he's mature, he's, got, he's a Super Bowl champion. I mean, the guy's pretty much done it all. Now, I, I would say he's right below Mahomes as talent-wise in the NFL. So I agree with this 97 overall rating. I mean, he basically is the entire offense uh, for for the Seahawks, so I don't disagree with that rating at all whatsoever. Uh, Lamar Jackson, third at a 94 overall. I probably would have gone with a 92 overall for him. Yes, he had a phenomenal season last year. Won the MVP, rushed over a thousand yards, uh, took his team to a 14 and two record in the regular season. Uh, but but he failed in the playoffs. He failed miserably. That game against the Titans, for three quarters, it was like, what? what is going on? This is not the same guy that we have been seeing all season long. Uh, so, I mean, get, give me more this season. Give me more. Show me that you, you can be consistent with it. Show me that you can be great for more than just one season. You don't want to be a one-hit wonder. Everyone's getting on the train with you. and give, give me more. That's all I ask. Give me more, and then I can make room for improvement for for his rating so he's a 94 i'd probably give him a 92 i think that's fair for a guy who is going into his third season you know as as a starter in the nfl the first rookie season only played six games so this would be his second full year starting so i probably would have given him a 92. drew Brees at a 93 overall i'm okay with this rating i don't love it but i'm content with it he threw for 27 touchdowns in 11 games. He went eight and three as a starter. His quarterback rating was 116. You know, he, he had a good year. He had a, he had a good year for Drew Brees standards. His completion percentage was a phenomenal like it always is, you know, 70 plus. Uh, but this might be the last year that Drew Brees plays at an elite level. You can't deny he's declining a little bit. I mean, he's 41 now. Um, 
But, I mean, I'd still take him over 25 other quarterbacks in the league. I mean, if I had – if there was a fantasy draft of just quarterbacks and I had the sixth pick I, I, and Drew Brees was available, I'd go ahead and pick Drew Brees. I mean, the Saints are a pass-heavy offense. <clears throat> I mean, now that they have Alvin Kamara, you know, they, they, they try and mix that in a little bit more. But the, the Saints are a, a pass-first team. Um, they're not as vertical as they once were. I mean, Breeze's arm is going down a little bit. But, you know, he you can trust him. Anytime you get Drew Breeze, your chances of winning the game, just they go higher. They do. So I'm okay with him being a 93 overall. Uh, Tom Brady at a 90 overall. And quite frankly, I think that's too high for him. And he had a bad year last year. It wasn't terrible. You know, I'm sure there are some other teams who wish their quarterbacks did as well as Tom Brady did. Um, I'm not hating. I'm not hating on this quarterback rating for all you Brady worshippers before you guys attack me. But but let's be honest here. Brady was off. You know, he, he was not the fifth best quarterback in the league last year. He just wasn't. There were five. I can name you five quarterbacks who had a better statistical season than Tom Brady did. You know, and I don't want to hear that the Patriots had no weapons. Their offense is specific, was specifically designed to help Brady. You know, the, the two-step dropbacks, boom. You know, snap it, one-step, boom. You know, running backs out of the backfield, tight ends doing drag routes, you know, curl routes, you know, Julian Edelman going underneath the linebackers. I mean, quick passes, you know. So it was designed to help Brady succeed. Now, I know every team kind of, you know, makeshifts their offense around the quarterback to make the quarterback be as best as he can be. But I mean, let, let I mean, if you guys watched any of the Patriots games last year, which I did, Brady missed a lot of throws. A lot of throws that he should have made. Now, I know he's 42. He's playing his 20th season in the NFL. You know, and, and you're not going to be the same quarterback you were 10, 12 years ago. I, I understand that and I know that. But to have him as the fifth best rated quarterback in the game kind of to me seems like you're just basing it on his career and not on the previous year. And I, I think that's a fair judgment because Tom Brady, he threw for I think 24 touchdowns last year. He hasn't thrown that many touchdowns since 2006. I mean, the last time he threw that many touchdowns was in 2006. So, you know, 14 years is it, it, it's a long time. You know, I respect his longevity, and <clears throat> I respect how he's been so consistent throughout his whole career. But, you know, his completion percentage went down five percent. His quarterback rating was 88 last year. He's just not a top five quarterback in the league anymore. He's not. And yes, he's getting older, so that makes sense. But to give him, you know, the fifth best quarterback rating in Madden is, is it's kind of it's kind of baffling to me, to say the least. Aaron Rodgers, they have him at an 89 overall. Okay. What, EA? You're gonna give Aaron Rodgers an 89 overall. The disrespect that Aaron Rodgers gets every year is beyond me. Now I know I made a podcast said I'm getting off the Aaron Rodgers train but I'm kind of you know after watching this past season and seeing you know how he played 
the guy didn't have anyone to throw to. Now, I know I just said about Brady, I don't want to hear about not him not having weapons, but it's a little bit different in Green Bay because throughout most of Aaron Rodgers' career, the offense, you know, Rodgers didn't like. He didn't like McCarthy's style. He, he often argued with McCarthy about what he wanted to do. That's why Aaron Rodgers every year leads, he let, he leads the league in throwaways. You know, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He doesn't force a lot of throws. But, you know, last year they became a run-first offense. Aaron Jones had 18 touchdowns. They went 13-3. and three. Aaron Rodgers threw for 4,000 yards. I mean, his completion percentage, I think, was 63. How can you give him an 89? I mean, we've seen Aaron Rodgers come through time and time again in late-game situations. We've seen him do comebacks before. Um, I I don't know how you give him an 89. I really don't. Now, I would say that Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback in the league. Talent-wise, he's a top five quarterback in the league. I don't think anyone can deny that. Anytime you get Aaron Rodgers to suit up and go on the field, they have a chance to win the game, just like Breeze. He's just one of those quarterbacks where you can say, okay, we have a better quarterback than you. We're going to win this game. Now, you can throw me his record against plus 500 teams, teams with winning records. I know it's not very good, but the Packers as a team, they haven't been the best in recent years. He was one game away from going back to the Super Bowl, but he played a great defense in San Francisco. That defense was unheard of last year. Them and the Patriots. Those two defenses were absolutely crazy last year. So, you take Rodgers off the Packers, that team is terrible. They're actually atrocious if you really think about it. That team is awful. I don't think they'd be as awful as when Peyton Manning got hurt for the Colts because we all saw how that turned out. But if you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, that team's not winning very many games. He's just not. So I don't understand what all this hate is on Aaron Rodgers. He was one game away from going back to the Super Bowl. You know? And Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback in NFL history to start four conference championships all on the road. He's the only quarterback to do that. And he's one in three in those games. Those are not easy games to win on the road. You cannot put all the blame on Aaron Rodgers. You gotta give him a better team. You gotta give him a better defense. He, he gets in shootouts all the time. You can't win every single shootout game. I mean, how many times have we seen Tom Brady and the Patriots get into shootouts? Not very often. It happens every once in a while. It doesn't happen a lot. It didn't happen a lot. But for Aaron Rodgers, it seems like every year there's five or six games that he's got to put up 35-plus points because his defense can't help him out. So for him to get an 89 overall, I think that's a, I think that's disrespectful. It's straight-up disrespectful. Matt Ryan at an 87 overall. I think he should be a 90. You know, the Falcons' defense, they let him down time and time again, especially in the last few years. He always puts up good numbers. He's got weapons. He's in a dome. He's got a good coach. I think he gets a, he deserves at least a 90 overall. You know, I think he's got at least two elite years left 
and I think he's like 34 now. He's got at least two elite years left. I don't think he's going to play as long as Breeze and Brady. But uh, two years left, I think that's fair. I'm okay with this rating uh, in, in 87. I'm okay with it. Deshaun Watson, they gave him an 86 overall. I even think that this is a little low for him. He's talented. He's a talented quarterback. He's made, he made a lot of big plays last year. It'll be interesting to see how he does without DeAndre Hopkins. But he's the best quarterback in his division. You know, I think an 89 overall would have been better for him. Uh, an 86, probably a little bit too low for my liking. I mean, we all saw, I think it was in that first playoff game. Uh, or maybe it was in the regular season where he was about to get sacked. And then he, like, spun out of it. And he had, like, turf in his eye. And he, uh, I mean, that was an unbelievable play. I mean, the guy makes plays. He, he makes the Texans better, no doubt. Um, so I, I don't understand 86 behind it. You know, he, he, he's a good quarterback. He can run if you need him to, you know, he, he's a good quarterback. I would take him as a Colts fan. I, I would take him. He's the best quarterback in the division. No doubt about it. And to finish off the top 10, Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz with an 84 overall rating, you know, and I think it's low for Carson Wentz. Towards the end of the year, he had practice squad receivers that he had to throw to because everybody was getting hurt and he was still putting up numbers. He won the division. He puts up great numbers before he gets hurt. If if Carson Wentz never got hurt in that playoff game, they would have won that game. I mean, I think they lost by one point with Josh McCown, but Carson Wentz would have won that game. So I think he deserved at least an 87. I mean, let's not forget the guy was the front runner to win the MVP before he got hurt uh, in their Super Bowl year. So Carson Wentz has the talent and he's able to do things that not very many other quarterbacks can do in the league. So for him to be an 84, a little too low for my liking, I think an 87 would have been perfect. Uh, Prescott's rating, I think is good. I think an 84 fits him perfectly. Uh, I'm not going to ignore the fact that he puts up big numbers every year. He threw for 4,900 yards last year, uh, but he doesn't win the games that matter. That's my biggest issue with Dak Prescott. He doesn't win the big games. I mean, he lost the Jets last year. I mean, he had four or five really, really bad games last year. Now, if he can hit that consistency mark, if he can show me that he can be consistent through an entire season, and you know, start winning 11, 12 games, then maybe I would give him a higher rating. But for now, I think an 84, is, it, it's perfect for him. Uh, and I'm not gonna complain too much about that one. Now, the issue that I have with is, is where's, where's Matthew Stafford? Where's Matthew Stafford at? I think he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. You know, he puts up a ton of yards every year. He makes the Lions better. He's good against Green Bay. He does pretty okay. He does he does okay in his division. You know, he, he beats the Vikings probably once a year. Beats the Bears once a year. You know, he, he makes the Lions interesting. And before he got hurt last year, they were on a roll, especially with him, Kenny Galloway, and or Galladay, and uh, Marvin Jones. I mean, those, those three together were a show. Those guys, man. That, that, that offense was good. It was the defense that was the issue. So Matthew Stafford, not even to be in this list, I think is also kind of disrespectful to him. 
Uh, and I think it's because of the wins. He does, he's not getting a lot of wins. He gets like six to seven every year. That's not good enough. Where's Kirk Cousins at? I don't see Kirk Cousins on here. I mean, Kirk Cousins has vastly improved since coming to Minnesota now that he's got, you know, a better team around him, which should be expected because in Washington, he didn't have a ton of help. Now he's in Minnesota where he had stuff on Diggs and Adam Thielen. Diggs is gone now. So you have Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, they got a good they got a good receiving core around Kirk Cousins. He's not even up there. So he won his playoff game. He finally got that under his belt. So I think all that ship is off his shoulder. You know, the weight's been lifted. So I think he, we're going to see him perform better this season. Where's Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers isn't on here. Now, I know he didn't have the greatest season last year. He didn't have protection. Now, I know he had the weapons. He made a bunch of bad throws last year, but I think it looked to me that he was trying to force a lot of plays that weren't there. And now, you know, this could be a biased take, but now that he's on the Colts, he's got a better offensive line now. Uh, he's, he's working with Frank Reich, who was on the Chargers coaching staff earlier in Phillip Rivers' career. The offensive coordinator also worked with Phillip Rivers on the Chargers as well. So that familiarity is gonna kick in. I think Phillip Rivers is gonna make a lot of better decisions. So for him to not even be in the top 10, kind of disrespectful as well. And where's, where's Big Ben? I know he missed the entire season last year, but you're telling me he's not at least an 83 overall, not an 84 overall, really? I mean, that his last healthy season in 2018, he had a good year. He had a great year. So because he missed an entire season, now you're not even going to give him a good rating. I, I don't understand. I have so many questions for this, and I kind of wish that EA was a little bit more open with their, with their consumers about you know how, how things work, but it's not going to work like that. Now, if we look back on fantasy football, it goes Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. Okay, so you get eight out of the 10 best fantasy quarterbacks are in the top 10 Madden ratings. Okay, that's fine. But Rodgers at an 89 is an absolute insult. With the Packers drafting Jordan Love this year, I have Aaron Rodgers as my dark horse to win the MVP this season. He's my dark horse to win the MVP because now you got the team who's losing faith in you. So you draft a quarterback in the first round, you know, that could add that extra pressure to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's my dark horse to win the MVP. So with everyone being stuck at home, you watch a lot of movies, you know, and, and I'm sure you have. I've watched a lot of movies since, you know, we've all been stuck in this quarantine thing. I'm now going to list my top 10 sports movies that I've watched that are my favorite. Not the best, you know, in some people's eyes, but my favorite throughout the years. So all the sports movies that I've ever watched, I'm condensing them into 10. Number 10, I have Major League starring Charlie Sheen. I think it's funny. Uh, the plot's good, I liked it. Um, I like the idea that the owner was trying to move the team because she wanted to go to a better place because no one wanted to be stuck in Cleveland. So they try and put together the worst team possible, then they overcome that, and you know, they, it, it's a great movie um, from 1989. 
Um, I mean, again, not my favorite, but it's definitely in my top 10. Number nine, I have Talladega Nights, another classic comedy from Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. I love Will Ferrell. Um, I think he was the perfect role for this movie. I use his quote all the time, if you ain't first, you're last. I love using that quote against people. Um, and I kind of used that, you know, throughout my, you know, youth sports life. You know, I hated losing. I still hate losing to this day. So if you ain't first, you're last. Because if you don't win, there's no second place. What What is second? Second place is just the first loser. And that's what that movie says. And I live by that. Uh, it's an, It's a all-time classic comedy for me number eight I have Rudy one of the best underdog stories I've seen a walk-on student athlete to Notre Dame you know he's he's he had to come over a ton of uh, you know adversity a lot of people telling him that you'll never do it you'll never make it you're too small you're never gonna play for Notre Dame ends up getting you know one play obviously in the movie and he will forever be remembered for that. So I, I think it's a good heartfelt story. I like it. it, you know, it's a classic and you know. So number eight on my list. Number seven, I have Happy Gilmore. Not everyone will put this on their list, but you know, watching this years ago when I was younger, um, I, I, you know, I loved it. It was hilarious and to this day, it's still hilarious to me. You know, I think Adam Sandler in his younger years, I think, was one of the best, you know, comedian actors out there. Uh, he's getting older now, so he's obviously not doing as much. So it's always nice to look back on his old work. And, and you know, Happy Gilmore, it, another classic for me. Number six, I have The Longest Yard, the remake with Adam Sandler. You know, another comedy I love. It has so many big names in it. It's got Chris Rock in it, Goldberg, Bow Wow. Uh, Terry Crews is in it. Michael Irvin is in it. I mean, it's got so many big names in it. Chris Berman is in it. So a lot of sport figures into that movie, I, I think, helped the movie be better than what it should have been. Um, and, you know, he goes to prison, puts together a football team, and goes up against the guards. I mean, it's, I think it's a, it's a great movie. It's a lot of comedy involved in it. A little bit raunchy maybe for some people, but I love it. Uh, number five, The Rookie. You know, I watched this a few months ago with my girlfriend. It's a great movie. It's a feel-good movie. Um, I loved it for years now. Uh, you know, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's a little, it's a long movie. It's a little over two, two hours. It's a long movie, but I guarantee you it, it will be worth the watch. Number four, Space Jam. I mean, another all-time classic movie for me. Michael Jordan helping out the Looney Tunes against the Monstars. Another movie that I will probably never get tired of watching. Uh, it's one of the first movies that I watched as a child, as a little baby, and I and I loved it. Um, you can't go wrong with it. I just hope the second one that they come out with LeBron James is just as good as the first one. Because if that one flops, then everyone will never forget how bad the second one was. And they'll just bring up, oh, well, LeBron James can't even be good as Michael Jordan in the acting world. And that's just something else that... Michael Jordan lovers are probably put against LeBron James, even off the court as well. Number three, I have Remember the Titans, one of the best sports movies of all time, in my opinion. During a time where African Americans were hated heavily, a coach brings two cultures together and makes his team get along and work together. During a time where a lot of people still had a lot of hatred towards African Americans, I mean, to think that that was only 50 years ago, I know I talked about this 
a couple weeks ago. But I mean, for that whole concept of where it was based on a true story, and then, you know, they ended up going undefeated, coming, becoming the second best high school team in the nation. I mean, that, that's just, you know, you can't have a better story than that. And I think more people need to watch that today and, and bring people back together, you know, during a time like this. So remember the Titans will always be one of my favorite ones, just the concept behind it. Number two, a league of their own. During World War II, the men obviously couldn't play baseball, so the women made a league uh, to try and keep the sport going. It's, it's funny, it's realistic. I think Tom Hanks does a great job in the movie as Jimmy Dugan. Uh, I love it, my grandma actually showed this to me uh, years ago, and you know, I didn't, you know, it was, it was an okay movie. Now that I'm older, I understand the concept of it a little bit better. I loved it. I think it's a great movie. I think it's an underrated movie for sure. And my number one favorite sports movie of all time. If you guessed The Sandlot, you would be correct. I mean, was this a surprise to anyone? I mean, it's been one of my favorite sports movies for as long as I can remember. It's always going to be a great watch. And it also is one of the first movies I remember watching and instantly, instantly fell in love with it. I mean, you're killing me, Smalls. I mean... There's so many classic one-liners in that movie. You know, you play ball like a girl, you know, the, the lifeguard kissing scene. You know, there's just so many iconic mo or iconic uh, moments throughout that movie that just make that movie, I think, the best sports movie that I've ever watched. It's my favorite, and I don't think any other sports movie could, you know, pass it. So that finishes up my top 10. Now we go to On This Day in History, On This Day, in 1951, the first broadcast in color for a sporting event, which was a CBS horse race. On this day in 1967, Eddie Matthews hits his 500th home run. And exactly one year later, on this day in 1968, Hank Aaron hit his 500th home run. On this day in 1987, the Rookie of the Year Award is renamed to honor the late Jackie Robinson. And last one on this day, last year, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer battled for four hours and 57 minutes to set the longest Wimbledon final ever. Nearly five hours of going back and forth in tennis. Now, I don't think people understand. I've never played tennis, you know, maybe casually, but I never played it competitively. I think people underestimate how much stamina you need in tennis because you're going back and forth you're trying to hit the ball as hard as you can you know putting velocity on it putting spin on it trying to place it you know you're going back and forth the entire time that's a lot of stopping and going it's hard on the knees it's hard on your ankles especially on the clay or whatever else they play on it's tough to do that for five hours I mean you're exhausted it's one thing to do soccer because you're, you know, you're running back and forth, you know, I know you're transitioning, but tennis, you're boom, 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 boom. I mean, it's, it's tough. I don't know if I could ever play tennis, but we underestimate the stamina of tennis players. I don't think there's another sport like it where you can go for that long. I mean, if you think about it, baseball, you know, they can go for four hours, but you're not constantly running the whole time basketball games never get past two hours I mean unless you go into quadruple overtime which that hardly ever happens I mean football you play three and a half hours at the most so 
I mean, hockey, it's 60 minutes, you know, can get elongated to maybe an hour and a 45 minutes, two hours. So, I mean, tennis, there's nothing else like it. There's no time limit on it. So to go for nearly five hours is, that's, that's tough to do. It's underrated. That's going to be it for today's show, guys. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Uh, we'll be back same time on Thursday, unless it's just going to be a bunch of recycled material. I'll see what I can come up with. I'll try and get you guys on Thursday again as well. So, uh, again, stay cool. It's hot out here. It's hot where I'm at right now. Uh, go jump in a pool or something. Go to the river. So stay cool throughout the summer. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm James Guerin. Have a great day, guys. Aloha.